Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Happy to have most of the guys with us. We're Neilists this week, but got John Rush, of course, Roger Marsh, myself, Bob Duco. Guys, how are you? Great. Good, Bob. How you doing? Uh, doing very well, thank you. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, we talked about the Democrats and what they do regarding 2024, Joe Biden versus many some of the others. Well, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the Republican side in 2024's presidential race. And we're going to analyze you know, the main players in 2024. We're going to take a couple of weeks to do that. So this week, of course, the elephant in the room is Donald Trump. So we're going to talk about all different aspects of Donald Trump this week regarding next year's election. Is it time to dump Trump? Do we need to get behind one of the other candidates? Do we need to rally behind Donald Trump? Can he beat Joe Biden? Can he overcome all of the indictments that, frankly, I believe are sham indictments against him? Uh, will this play to his benefit with independent swing voters because it will garner a sympathy vote for him since we have a two-tier justice system? Or will it go the other way? They don't pay enough attention to what the facts are, so they just feel they just feel like, well, I'm not going to vote for somebody who's under constant indictment. So we're going to explore a lot of different things about Donald Trump in this week's episode. Uh, as we get into this, we want to remind you folks that as you listen to this podcast, our, our podcast is sponsored, and we want you to support our sponsors. And, of course, one of those sponsors you hear us talking about all the time is Preborn. And you know, most people listening to us right now are pro-life. We know that. And you would love to do something to stop abortions, but you just don't know what to do. Here's what it is. Give to preborn. You realize preborn is the main pro-life group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms all over the country in pro-life centers. Okay? And those moms usually end up accepting the Lord, but they almost always end up letting that baby live. So we're asking you folks right now to pay for the ultrasound images. It takes $28 to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life through ultrasound images. How many babies' lives would you be willing to save? It's this simple. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Pray about it. Maybe a number God lays on your heart. $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, that'll be your forever legacy of the number of abortions you stopped. And there's two ways you can give. You can go online right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. Give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds too. Or just give them a call. They answer the phones 24-7. You can call right now, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. So let's talk Donald Trump now. And uh, as you know, you've got these cloud of indictments that are over him, the New York City Stormy Daniels payoff bookkeeping records indictment, which – Frankly, I, I believe it is absolutely ridiculous. This is the one time that Alvin Bragg, the prosecutor there, actually elevated what could be a misdemeanor up to a felony. Everything else he does the opposite direction. Then he got the classified documents trial that's now scheduled for May of next year. So that's right. Right in the thick of the campaign, Donald Trump's going to have to be on trial 
in this classified documents case, which again, I completely believe is a sham. At least Donald Trump has the Presidential Records Act that he can point to to say, look, I had the authority to declassify these. And if we want to have a debate about whether he really declassified them or not, okay, fine. But putting him on trial and seeking 400 years in prison while Joe Biden had over 1,800 boxes with classified documents in them in five different locations, including the garage of his, the floor of his garage next to his Corvette where Hunter could hang out with his bong-smoking friends. I mean, come on. And by the way, Joe Biden was never president at the time. He never had the authority to declassify these documents, some of which he even took as a senator. And then now we're waiting for the expected January 6th indictment where they're going to go after him for January 6th from two and a half years ago and try to put him in prison for that. So what I wonder about, and here's what I kind of want to go around the table and get you guys take on this. First of all, before we talk about Christians, how we respond to Trump, I'm curious how this plays with independent swing voters because that's going to be a very, very critical part of this. Will independent swing voters, will they uh, have a sense of sympathy for Donald Trump because they will realize that this is a targeting of him in an unfair way? This is the president of the United States trying to imprison his number one opponent or – Will those independent swing voters be so disconnected from the news? I don't pay attention. I don't dig into it. They're not going to do deep dives. All I know is he makes me feel icky because I don't know if I want to vote for somebody who is under constant indictment. So I'm kind of curious which way you guys think it's going to – John, I mean what do you think? How how does this affect independent swing voters? It it depends. I think a lot of it comes down to what you just said a moment ago. By the way, I still think and I'm not trying to – Say I told you so, but this is a plan of the left to make him the nominee. There's a headline in The Hill today, which is, by the way, not a conservative uh, website at all, thehill.com. Trump anxiety among GOP senators grows as indictments appear to help him. These indictments among his base are helping him grow and grow and grow. As you can see from the polling numbers, Mm -hmm. he still takes the lead when it comes to the Republican, you know, the conservative side of the aisle. Not all Republicans, but still, when you look at the majority of Republicans, because of the rage factor, which we could get into as well, the emotional side of the fence, you know, it's swinging a lot of the folks that maybe weren't even, you know, fully in the Trump camp to be in his camp because of everything you just said a moment ago, Bob. And I believe that the left knows that. That's what they're doing. That's why a lot of these indictments and maybe they're not being released exactly like they would like them to be and they don't really have total control over that but believe me they're trying to control it as much as they can because they're trying to push him into being the nominee on our side of you know they want him to be the candidate on our side of the aisle how does that play out if in fact he becomes the nominee how does it play out with independence i hate to say it but it depends because all the independents that are out there just depends on like you said where do they get their news what are they looking at will they feel sorry for him will they not will they just be tired of it i think a lot of it's going to come down to two guys who does the you know we talked about it i know last week but it depends on who the left ends up having as their candidate as well yeah well and you got to keep in mind too when we talk about the independence the ideal situation would be that Trump, either Trump or some actual conservative Republican, not a Chris Christie Republican, but a real conservative Republican, the ideal thing would be that they're able to secure the swing voter, the independent swing voter, 
and they're able to secure and maintain 100% of Trump's base. That would be the ideal. It doesn't appear that that's possible. It almost seems like you got to get one or the other, which then begs the question – which one has more voters? You know, if you give up, if it's a non-Trump candidate who is perceived as a little bit more establishment, you're going to have a, an angry base that's mad because it's not mm-hmm. Trump, and so they're not activated. Are there going to be more independents to make up for that loss, or are there more of them that can make up for the independents that aren't gained? I just don't know the answer to that, I, Roger. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I don't either, Bob. Yeah, yeah. It's really pick your poison. And it's been interesting to watch. I mean, the Democrats are the party of the pivot and post, right? You know, where right. they can move quickly and then they can establish a line and then they can stay with it. So, you know, it was a, we're not going to have to worry about Roe versus Wade. Oh, what, what we do all of a sudden, democracy's at risk. And, you know, that became their rallying cry. I mean, the, let's face it, January 6th and the indictment, you know, that's, that's looming here. What about the impeachment? Remember the impeachment two and a half years ago? That was to keep Trump from running. And now it's like they're using January 6th to indict him so they could get him <laughs> right. as the candidate. You know what I mean? That you got, you have to give they him never, credit. They never wanted him not to run, by the way. That's my opinion. They've well, always I, wanted him to run. They know yeah. he's the easiest to beat. Yeah, well, they do. They know now because they found out in 2020 that since he breathes his own air and reads his own press releases too often, you know, he really honestly thought he could just go on television and say, hey, they robbed me and there'd be enough support and they would have to overturn it somehow. And of course, that's not how the courts work. Um, I, the Democrats definitely want Donald Trump to run. And the question now among Republicans is how do you uh, come up with the right candidate how do you come up and, and again with the voter base you know the the mushy middle has gotten a lot mushier it seems i mean well let's face it trump did benefit in 2016 from a lot of independent voters a lot of democrats who were leaning left i used to think those people were just go yeah we want trump on the ticket i really had no i badly underestimated the number of people in the rust belt who said yeah uh, that democrat thing for the last eight years hasn't worked very well and i don't want hillary so why not what's the worst mm-hmm. that could happen mm-hmm. with donald trump and let's face it the the votes bore that out. I mean, 66 million to 63 and a half million. But look at how many counties Trump won. I mean, it was a landslide in that regard. Hillary won like 50 counties, maybe 60 of the 3000 counties there are in the United States. Mm -hmm. So Trump had a lot. I mean, but when he's the outsider, he had a lot more support. Now that he is kind of the incumbent, the favorite the you know, he's he's been around. People are holding him to a higher standard. And I, I, the the middle has become so mushy. I don't know what to make of the independent voters, quite frankly. I mean, well, I don't. And, and unfortunately, he, you know, we can talk about this, but he he kills himself all too often, especially with that middle of the road voter. That's the right. biggest issue that he's got. You know, going back to your question, Bob, how's that going to play out with the middle of the road voter? A lot of it depends upon what he does himself. Unfortunately, as of today. Uh, as, of, as of the recording of this particular podcast towards the end of July, reality is he hasn't learned that yet. Yeah. Well, you know, with and by the way, you're absolutely right. And Trump could fix this easily if if in he a heartbeat would just, he could right, fix this because he's going to hold on to his base and the rabid pro-Trump supporter. That's he's right. not going to lose them. Okay. All he has to do is somehow, some way, adjust his personality in a way that's not so off-putting to some Start of those independent swing voters. Start speaking to and, the middle voter. Right. I know. I look. I'm that's with all you. He has to do. Bob. I'm with you. I get it. 
old dog, new tricks. I, I don't, you know, so it just, I think we have no choice but to accept the fact that Trump is going to be Trump no matter what, warts yeah. and all, and he's yeah. not going to get de-wart surgery. You're probably he's right. just not going to do it. So now we got to deal with what we have. And this is, this is who he's going to be, and he's going to continue his personality and style with the independent swing voter and still trying to get them anyway. Okay, so that's where it seems like then it falls on the rest of us to, to to educate that independent swing voter, okay? And now here's what we got to remember. Uh, and I know I've, I've cited this, this survey many times, but it, it bears repeating here. Media Research Center, right after the 2020 election, asked Joe Biden voters, would you have still voted for Joe Biden if you had known about the Hunter Biden laptop story? 95.3% said yes, right? But 4.7% said no. No, I would have changed my vote if I had just known about that. So those swing voters don't want somebody who's corrupt. With Hunter, with Joe Biden right now, the level of corruption that is applied to him is so much more than that laptop and what we knew back then in October of 2020. Now you've got the bribery and the millions and the shell corporations and such. Uh, I just really believe that somehow, some way, if we can get the independent swing voter to know just how corrupt Joe Biden is, that at a minimum, they won't vote for him. At a maximum, they'll hold their nose and vote for Donald Trump. But just not voting for him is enough to give Trump the the edge, I think, in, uh, in, well, in a case. It would have been in 2020. Yeah, this time around, though, we talked about this again last week. I don't think Biden's their guy, not at this point. I think that that gets changed. I know, and that's part of the problem, too. That's a whole other issue. That's why they're working hard to make Donald Trump the nominee. Well, and look, you're absolutely right about Joe Biden. I stick with my point that I don't think – I don't think Joe Biden is going to be the nominee at all, and I think he's going to announce sometime before the end of this year he's pulling mm-hmm. out of 2024 mm-hmm. so they can set the stage for a Democrat primary, and it'll be Gavin Newsom. So, you know, we, we've had that, which then suddenly changes and alters the entire discussion because then what does Donald Trump do? If it's Gavin Newsom, he's going to appeal his uh, Matthew McConaughey dazzling yep. charm is going to appeal to those soccer mom swing voters. Yep. So Donald Trump's not going to be able to get them. The only way to get them then, I think, is to, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe the sympathy vote. I mean, Roger, is there a sympathy vote um, uh, among swing voters for Donald Trump? Because somehow, some way, we got to let them see that these are sham indictments against Trump and not legitimate. Yeah, they're, they're, they're sham, but for the people who are the pseudo-educated, you know, which rep makes up a, all of the left and many more people in the middle, I don't think Donald Trump and sympathy lined up in the same sentence, you know, to be honest with most voters. It's people like Trump because he's a bull in a china shop. People don't like Trump because he's a bull in a china shop. So I don't know that but he kind of threw that test balloon out with Tim Scott. Was it last week where he made yeah. a comment about, you know, Scott, well, I think, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And Scott's response, I thought was, was well played on the Twitter world. It doesn't necessarily help the party where he said well i think he's overqualified to be my vice president no he's he's not that guy anymore where we're trying to prop him up i mean if donald trump shows any kind of weakness or this that and the other thing it just hurts his brand so i mean he i don't see that he is going to be able to get any kind of you know that kind of sympathy or that kind of uh you know empathy from people now it doesn't necessarily mean that with the right running mate he wouldn't pose a formidable threat 
to uh, the Gavin Newsom ticket, but the GOP has to be ready for Gavin Newsom. I mean, there's no question about it. If they're thinking we can beat Joe Biden and head to head with Biden and this, that and the other thing. I mean, let's face it. Everything is lined up for 2024 for Joe Biden to be gone by the yep. time that Donald Trump is in court. So I mean, yeah. they, 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 that's they're, they're and, and Roger, the by the way, everything person. you're saying, which you know, I would love to chat about for a moment is you're looking at it in a very strategic way. Unfortunately, we have a lot of individuals, I mean a lot of individuals on the right, Christians included, that are not looking at it the way you're looking at it. They're looking right. at it very emotionally and there's revenge and mm-hmm. rage and so on. And they're and they're voting and, and they're and they're using their politics in that way, which you should never do. You know what the shame of this is too and it points to the Republican Party. We've talked about this many times, how the Republican Party stinks at messaging, stinks at branding, stinks at staying on message, stinks at unity. They just stink at all the things that the Democrats are really strong at. You know, something. the Republican Party, if they would just – they don't even have to be pro-Trump people. All they need to do is just be anti-sham indictment people uh, in a strong enough way. If they would come together and just – put together a handful of bullet points, talking points of why this January 6th indictment is a sham, why the classified documents trial is a sham, and uh, and here's here's why it's so wrong that they're going after Donald Trump in this way. If they would just do something like that and be together on this in every single interview that any Republican does, they rattle off the same half a dozen talking points. If they would just do that, there's no way the mainstream press and big tech is going to be able to keep that message from creeping its way to the swing voter. But the Republicans won't do that. They're afraid to stick their necks out for Trump in any way because they don't want to be perceived as a pro-Trump guy and maybe a lot of them don't like him. So the bottom line, they're allowing they're basically yep. allowing people yep. to stay in the dark about yep. the truth of this because they don't want to stick their necks out and defend Trump. And it's just – that's wrong, I think. Because the bottom line is – I've said it before. I'll keep saying it. We don't know how to win anymore. We love I losing. Know. We yeah, love we're just, losing. We're stupid. We're just We are stupid. losers. I'm sorry, guys. We're losers. We don't know how to win anymore. <laughs> well, some of us know the formula. It's just we can't get the re- – well, okay, we're not what, in charge of the parties, the problem the three of us have. Right. Uh, well, I'll believe, tell you what- believe you me, if we were, things would be different. And the message, Bob, you just said a moment ago is ex- we have got – true with any marketing plan for any business, by the way, you've got to be consistent and say the same thing over and right. over and over again. The message cannot change. Look cool. how lo- – cool. as far as cool. unity cool. goes. Yeah. yeah. Well – the Democrats all have mission control. They've got some place where right. everybody gets the talking point. That's right. And trust me. And this is not just on the corporate level. You, We all have friends who are on social media. Mm-hmm. And the day after a gun tragedy or something like that, yep. not only do they have the messaging, they've got all the talking points and they all say the same thing. Right. The army. Right. They've got the yeah. army. Yes. You know what? They're the bo- – I don't know if either of you guys get into Star Trek Next Generation. They are the Borg. They operate as a yep. collective. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They, they they somehow are able to do this. They uh, But what the Republican Party is – okay, I'm going to use a sports analogy here. The Republican Party is basically the all-star game. You have a bunch of individual 
individual stars who are competing for each other, and they're not working as a cohesive team. That's right. The Democrats are basically the cohesive right. team. Well, and in a lot of ways, Bob, it's because of the way we look at life in general. We're independent. We believe in personal freedom. We believe right. in doing things the way that you and want to do. And principles, standing your on principles. Your God-given right. you know, rights and duties and things that we are, you know, to your point, not only responsible for, but then the things we get for being responsible. That's how we view life. They don't see it that way. So, of course, it's always easier to get them to be a part of the Borg. But on our side, we have got to start being more strategic, not losing that independence that we have, but being collective on the strategic side. And that, by the way, guys, comes down to leadership, which we lack greatly in the Republican Party. All right. Now, let me ask you this, John. If you right now were on the advisory board for, we'll say, Ron DeSantis, okay? Would you be telling? Would you be sitting in the meeting and telling DeSantis, "You need to go full bear in defense of Donald Trump for these sham indictments"? Yes. Here are the bullet points you need to yes. be pushing. Fight yes. for him and say, "Say yes. I'm better to be president," but that doesn't justify what they're doing to him. That's right. I would be. You okay. You know what? You. I would too. Definitely. I would too. I think every single one of the Republican candidates ought to be doing that. And by and the way, there's one that is, which I know we're going to talk about in part two of this podcast, but Vivek is doing that. He is. He is. Give him credit so for that. He's giving the most cohesive message, by the way, mm-hmm. on anyone on our side, period. Right. You know what part of the problem is, though, is that – and it goes to what we were talking about regarding the Republican Party itself. Okay. Where's Mitch McConnell on this? Mitch McConnell right. doesn't. He, he's, Where's our leaders? But that's because that's because he's an establishment. He's an establishment guy who he just wants to be part of the uniparty. I mean, I hate that's to right. say it, but there that's is right. a there really is a uniparty argument that exists among much of the Republican Party. And the problem is the uniparty is not fifty percent Democrat policies and fifty percent Republicans. It's ninety five percent Republican policies. If you give us a, a token five percent bone here and there, we'll be part of the uniparty, which is really democratic party light yeah it, it, it is the it is really i guess the way i look at it bob is it's a what's in it for me as a politician and what am i getting out of it not what's perpetual power and committee that's right not what's good for the country but what's good right. for me that's the right. problem perpetual power the support and backing of my party uh not vicious attacks against me and committee placements that's yep. what i get and that's i'll just right. live out my career that's right for the next 20, 30 years doing this, and then I'll make millions on the speaking circuit. That's and what it is. And unfortunately, there's not many of them that don't fit the description you just gave. I hate to say. I know. And I, I, and I, so, which then, what do we do about it? Okay. What is the answer then? Because we got to come up with a solution for this somehow, some way. We've got to instill some new leadership in the party that actually understands the things we're talking about and will will literally make an about-face change in our party. And I hate to say this, we don't have that quality leadership anywhere in the party right now, period. Not if, a he, if he had not the a polish, Trump, not a person. If he had the polish, uh, it would be Trump. I mean, yep. this guy was absolutely a disruptor he who was be. willing to... He took a sledgehammer to the cement of yep. the Republican Party. That's what we need. That's the sad part. He has the ability, but is choosing to ignore it, I guess. I don't know, Bob. I don't get well, it. Well, he's an emotional person. His... Uh, I mean, look, Trump. Trump does do. He, he, we know that he does reckless stuff, but there's also this part of me that says, 
you know, in 20, I still can't get past the fact that he pulled off something in 2016 that should have been considered impossible. And in 2020, he would have pulled it off if not for a dishonest, corrupt media and Democrats. And somehow he did this running up the down escalator yeah, in a vat of molasses. Media, media, everything China, against him. COVID, everything was, everything literally was against him. I know. Him. And he still got within, he still got within a hair of pulling it off. And if you had even remotely non-corrupt media, then he would have well, won if in a landslide. Fauci early on, he'd probably be president today. Well, you know what? And that is a good point. I think you, you may very well be right about COVID that. Today. Well, that is true. Well, but uh, you know what we do, though? We learn from this. We don't stop fighting. The no, fight right. continues. That's and we right. need people that are going to fight for our freedoms, for our liberties, which, by the way, John, I mean, we've talked about – I was talking about preborn earlier – ADF is another yes. example of this. Yes. Uh, and thank the Lord we've got ADF. No, Alliance Defending Freedom. And we, we were talking even before we came on today, guys, that I feel like maybe some of you aren't donating and aren't donating because you think, oh, this really doesn't affect me. You know, this is for the corporate guys. This is for that business guy. I'm not in business. I just work for somebody else. This really is never coming to my ballpark. Well, it's in your ballpark. The pitch has been thrown literally. Are you going to swing the bat and help the rest of your neighbors when it comes to their defense, their freedoms? The freedoms, by the way, of the country. We learned last week from Alliance Defending Freedom that this case against the 303 Creative, the way that worked out was, guys, it's protecting the three of us right now as we speak. This was not just about building websites. It's a free speech issue that they won on. Every one of us should be donating to make sure they keep doing this because they do all of this free of charge to the person they're going to court with. 19 bucks a month, guys. That's all it is. $19 a month. Donate today. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. There you yeah. go. Boy, I'll tell yeah. you, that is so true. Of course, we, we get, I got, Roger, I want to ask you, when we give money like this to Alliance Defending Freedom, we need to make sure that our own house, uh, financial house is in order as well. And that's why we're so thankful to have Wilson Financial helping our listeners do just that. No question about it. It's a stewardship issue. You have been entrusted with resources for your household. We all have. Our job is to make sure that we manage these resources. We don't own any of this. We manage this. And when you have a guy like Dennis Wilson, who's been helping people for over 50 years, who got started in this industry because he saw a guy who wound up getting forced into early retirement, didn't have enough in his savings and was trying to work jobs while he didn't have you know, the right health coverage and the right everything. He said, there's got to be a way that someone like some of this situation can have the resources that he needs to get through these retirement years. And that was over 50 years ago. I mean, when you talk about someone who wants to make sure that you pay as little in tax as possible, rendering to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, not paying ridiculous commissions and fees to brokers who are just trying to sell you different products, looks at your resources and says, this is what God has entrusted with you. I am now entrusted with you to help you manage that. That's why you want to work with Wilson Financial. That's what you'll have the resourcing to be able to support ADFs and to support preborn if you're working with Dennis Wilson. Uh, click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or just call his office. He'll pick up the phone at 800-696-9970. We have to be proactive and too many people on the conservative side, guys, as we've, it's kind of the theme for the half hour. We're sitting on our hands, waiting for the right candidate, waiting for the right law to pass and hoping that that one big change will make everything better instead of saying it's us to take up arms each and every day and get engaged in the battle. Absolutely. We, we need to. And so we're, we're thankful for these sponsors. We want you folks to continue uh, certainly supporting our sponsors, Wilson Financial and ADF and yes, Preborn. Uh, I know a lot of you 
would love to do something to help the unborn to basically stop abortions. Well, you know what? You can by giving to preborn. It's $28 to save one baby's life. You know what you're doing? You're paying for ultrasound images. Preborn shows these ultrasound images to expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country. And they choose life almost all the time. They end up accepting the Lord most of the time too. So how many babies' lives will you save? We're asking you for a one-time gift, folks, one time. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Is it 10 babies? That's $280. Is it 50 babies, 100 babies? Whatever you can afford as a one-time gift, here's how you give. Go online right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. If you want to talk to a real-life person on the phone, they answer 24-7. Call right now, 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing this. And the second half of the podcast is coming up. We're going to talk about more aspects of Donald Trump in 2024. We welcome your five-star reviews to this podcast wherever you listen to us on your podcast. Also, you can watch video of us at myhopenow.com as we do this podcast and certainly support My Hope Now uh, wherever you go to social media second half coming up next this has been a crawford media group production continuing the second half of the national crawford roundtable podcast with roger marsh of the bottom line from the people's republic of california john rush rush to reason out of denver colorado myself bob duco the bob duco show out of detroit Neil Boron be back with us next week. Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. We're taking a couple of weeks, this week and next week, and talking about the 2024 race on the Republican side. This week, we're devoting to all aspects of Donald Trump. Next week, we're going to talk about all the other various Republican candidates and kind of break down and analyze their chances. But right now, guys, so with Donald Trump, we talked in the first half strategically, politically, what he needs to do, what his warts and flaws are. We've got it. It's not realistic that he's going to suddenly change who he is. And so we just have to see, can he peel away some of the independent swing voter while holding on to all of his base? I think he's going to hold on to his base. We'll see what happens next. I am kind of curious, though, before we get to the Christian response to this, and we're going to dive into all of that coming up. Uh, please remember, folks, we don't want to stop. We don't want to stop giving to preborn in the midst of this. We don't want to forget about the fact that we have unborn babies that are slated for butchering at Planned Parenthood, and we can do something about it. So when you hear us do this podcast, you hear one of our sponsors is preborn. If you haven't given to preborn yet, please do it right now. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. Remember, it's $28 to save one baby's life, to stop one abortion. That's the average cost paying for ultrasound images to stop that abortion because a mom will choose life almost all the time if she sees that ultrasound image of her baby. Statistically, that's a fact. So how many babies' lives will you save? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, that's your one-time gift. That's your forever legacy of the number of abortions that you stopped. That's what preborn does, folks, but it takes money to pay for these ultrasounds. So here's how you give. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on preborn. You can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on preborn. Or just give them a call at 833-850-BABY. Business hours are 24-7. You're always talking to a real-life person, so call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. So, guys, when talking about 
Donald Trump then and next year. We talked about the the strategy and politically and his personality and style, and it's just not conducive to the independent swing voter. We get that, but Trump is going to be Trump, and I don't think that's going to change. Uh, we talked about the sympathy vote. Might there be a sympathy vote for him because of the the sham indictments against him? Uh, I'm not sure, guys, really what the answer is if we got a Republican Party that won't at least fight back against this. It's not like they have to fight for Donald Trump for president, but they at least have to fight for Donald Trump against a two-tiered system of justice. But they're not doing that. Nope. So – how and, do and, we then handle this going forward? We, yeah, we, we've even got the press on our side now, even asking the White House press secretary key questions in regards right. to you know Biden's dealing with with Hunter and so. I mean, we're being thrown this lobbed softball ready to hit a home run, and we're not even swinging, guys. I know. I don't I know. get it. I, I I don't get it either. So I uh I mean literally we we are being handed the ability to do what you just said Bob but because I know we're so emotionally divided over one individual in our party we can't figure out how to get together and move forward for the best of the party in the country by the way because I know. he divides so so uh, divisively. I mean, it's literally, you know, there's friendships being ended over the fact that even you guys, you know, we're talking about all of this Trump stuff. There'll be some people out there that'll turn us off just because they think we're crazy for even talking about it because they're such a Trump lover. It's ridiculous. Uh, I know, I know. Now, what about the, Roger, what do you think about the trial next year? Think about this surreal situation here. The trial for uh, Donald Trump, this is in the classified documents trial, which is a sham, but it's going to start in May of next year. So the trial will be going on while uh, the campaign and debates and everything else. But here's the crazy thing. If you get some liberal jurors who find him guilty somehow, which let's face it, I don't trust our judicial system in America today anyway. I hate to say it, but even the jury poll itself has been so tainted in the way that it operates. I don't know that there's such a thing as a fair trial now. So if you get a bunch of jurors who make an emotional decision here and they decide we want to find him guilty and the judge sentences him to prison, Donald Trump could literally be sitting in prison next November and he could win the election and then come January 20th of 2025, they have to release him from prison to go to the White House. And once in the White House, he would then pardon himself. It is like a surreal movie that we're in. But that is actually a, a possible thing. And, and do you think that what would his base abandon him if he were sitting in a prison cell? No, I think his base will his base, the hardcore Donald Trump base will will deify him, you know, once he's in prison. I mean, he'll become Nelson Mandela when he's in prison for crying out loud. I mean, they'll they'll be so proud of that. And you know, quite frankly, that might be I'm not I'm not saying this sarcastically. That might actually be one of the best things for him because now <laughs> he's he's locked up. He can't really say anything. You know, people are going to it's all going to That's be right. His Twitter account, well, his social uh, he won't be allowed to post on his Truth Social account. even. It's his yeah. X account. Yeah, the, the X account, right. Yeah. 
It depends on who his running mate is. I mean, for a lot of this. I mean, let's get right down to it. The fact that when Donald Trump did get the nomination and they brought Mike Pence in, there were some people who breathed a sigh of relief and said, okay, at least there's one adult on the ticket. I think I can support that. I don't know who's running with him now because, quite frankly, Pence has got his hat in the ring and is running against him. I mean, now he may not have any gas left in that tank by December of this coming year, and it remains to be seen what's going to happen with Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Chris Tim Scott. I'm going with Tim Scott. That's where I'm putting my chips. If anybody has the legs right now, I think it's Tim Scott. I mean, in terms of Nikki Haley, I thought had a shot until she tried to do that whole we can get on abortion thing, and that's yeah, not going to work. And you know, and and Vivek is going to say things. He's going to be a VP for somebody. I mean, at, at some point, but you know, uh, it's. It's going to be interesting. The Trump trial and the place for the trial. When I heard it was going to be in early January, I thought, well, that's ridiculous. Now that it's May, we know what they're doing with this mm-hmm. thing. I mean, the fact right. that it's going to be right in the middle of campaign season, right in the middle of primary season. I mean, this is intentional. And back to our conversation in the first half hour of the podcast, the fact that there are so many people you know, right now who are, are looking at the, the, the Trump presidency and saying, mm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I want this. The polarizing figure, fixture that he was in 2015 and 2016 on the campaign trail is not going to win the election in 2024. He's got to find a way to reinvent himself and keep some of that steam. Um, I'm not, I mean, as far as the trial goes and everything like that, it's playing right into the Democrats' hands. Either he withstands the charges and then comes out tainted. They seem to think that there's still this kind of mark on your permanent record stain that goes with you everywhere you go. You know, he was impeached. He was impeached twice. That makes him really bad. Well, that energizes their base, but the question is, would there be enough conservatives who would get off the dime? How many of the 25 million Christians who are registered to vote and don't vote could get involved in this election and turn this all around just by showing up on Election Day or voting early like everybody else does anymore? Does he hold on to the evangelical vote? I'm I'm not sure that he does. You know, it's interesting. George Barna just came out with a study from Arizona Christian University about how the pandemic impacted faith and things like that. The number of Americans just overall who professed, you know, a faith in Christ was 77% in 2017. It was 72% in 2020. It's 67% now. Now that some of that's pandemic related. Some of that's Trump related. Some of that's just the whole, you know, the none category has become the done or the don'ts. Uh, they uh, don't believe in God, don't care about the afterlife. They're just trying to get through right now. I think one place that the current evangelical church does badly underestimate their own power is the fact that, A, they're not as politically engaged as they think because they don't get out and vote. And secondly, they badly underestimate the number of people in the country who say, well, if every Christian would just get out and vote, well, statistically, the number of Christians has gone down. What's 10% of the population? I mean, we have a population of 330 plus million people in this country. That's a huge swing. Not to say that, that Trump is going to wind up getting 81 million votes this time and instead of Joe Biden. But if the evangelical community that have 4% has a biblical worldview take, gets one whiff of Gavin Newsom, they might go, well, you know, I mean, Joe Biden was kind of old and corrupt, but this Gavin Newsom, man, didn't he save California during the pandemic? I mean, didn't he create a massive budget surplus? I mean, and plus he's, he's just, he's, he looks like Pat Riley for crying out loud. Isn't this showtime with the Lakers again? I mean, uh, uh, yay America. And, and their talking do- points will be unified coast to coast. Yep, exactly. Exactly. They, they, they will be. I guess I just, when it comes to Christians though, guys, I just, I struggle with 
the amnesia that Christians seem to get about what Trump actually really did for us in his four years in office. You know, and and I just I don't feel like we should say, okay, well that was then, this is now. He's he's actually got a bona fide track record that, that he that he can run on. And these are actual real things that he did that I'm not sure any of the other Republicans would be able to pull off, let alone be willing to pull off. So it's a long laundry list. I'm not going to run through it now, but it is a long laundry list of pro-evangelical Christian policies and pro-life policies that he enacted. He did more. If you just list them on paper, and I've done this. I've gone back to George W. Bush. I've gone back to Ronald Reagan. Donald Trump enacted more pro-life and more pro-evangelical Christian policies in his four years than Ronald Reagan and George Bush did in their combined 16 years. Donald Trump placed more born-again evangelical Christians and pro-lifers in cabinet positions and government leadership positions than Ronald Reagan and George Bush did combined. And whoever thought Roe v. Wade would be overturned in our lifetime, it was Donald Trump and his judges that got Roe v. Wade overturned. I mean, the legacy that this guy has for pro-lifers and evangelical Christians Mm -hmm. is powerful. And I just, I don't think we ought to get amnesia to that either. Well, and the reality is we don't, but the average Christian does. I hate to say that. Well, that's why I'm trying to remind them. You just said. I'm just trying to remind him. I'm just saying, do, do we want to, and, and would we like to go back the to these policies? He should be doing the same. In right, fact, I agree. party should be doing the same, Bob. That should be our message. Absolutely. Our party doesn't, and it, again, that comes down to the frustration we talked about before, John. Okay, our party stinks at this. They, they, there are so many powerful talking points that could be put out right now by the Republican Party, and if they would all be on the same page, but they're just, they're just, not and the leadership isn't there and you don't have that many senators who are willing to stick their necks out why because mitch mcconnell just wants donald trump to go away he doesn't want this disruptor of trump and so and mitch mcconnell is very influential in deciding out who gets committee positions so most of the republicans in the senate are gonna gonna basically do what they're told and play nice and color within the lines and keep from getting on Mitch McConnell's bad side. Some of them don't care. Ted Cruz and a handful here and there don't care. But for the most part, uh, it's just it's a weak, inept Republican Party. And so Trump has to figure out how to do this on his own. He, he just he pretty much has to. And maybe it's just Trump being Trump. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But what are we going to do if we if he ends up winning again? And then we go, you know what, maybe, just maybe, the guy knows what he's doing after all. We would have said that if he would have won in 2020. We'd be saying he knew what he was doing after all. And look at how close he came to winning in 2020, if not for a corrupt media. So... I, I, I hate I to know. say this, but I don't think that's the, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, well... You know, sorry. Yeah. What about... Who do you think... Uh, so it's not going to be Biden then. If it is no. Gavin Newsom, what does Trump need to do to overcome Gavin Newsom? Not, well, he has to make a, con- a complete 180-degree about-face. Do a it's lot not going to happen. We've talked about today. It's not, it isn't going to happen. It's not so going to happen. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not – you guys know me. I'm a half-glass-full you know, half kind of a guy. I look at things pretty realistically. Unfortunately, because I look at them realistically, if Gaz- Gavin Newsom is the guy and Trump's our guy, we're done. Okay, now hold on a minute. Let's talk about this. And, and we got to get Roger in on this because, you know, Roger, he, he's out there. He, he runs Gavin Newsom's fan club. So <laughs> uh, Donald Trump, as you know, is a vicious 
bare knuckle fighter. Okay, he'll go up. Look, Ron DeSantis. One of the stupidest things that Donald Trump could do is try to claim Ron DeSantis mismanaged COVID in Florida, and right. Trump did that. Okay, right. he was willing to do that. So you know. He will go after Gavin Newsom and just smack that glistening smile off his face. Trump, would, You don't think that Trump could land some blows on Newsom and basically pull the shine off of him with some people? Not enough. No? Roger? Well, it depends on who's advising him. I mean, let's face it. Donald Trump had how many different himself? advisors leading up to – Well, <laughs> trust me. Sorry, himself? No, That's no, his advisor? Here, here's who snatched the, the victory from the jaws of defeat for him in 2016. Remember Kellyanne Conaway? Oh, yeah. She just happened to yes. show up a month before the, the election was held, and all of a sudden Donald Trump found a way to appeal to women. He had found a way to tone down the message. He had found a way to, uh, to really get to what need to be gotten to. Here's something – I mean, Bob, as you were citing the pro-life statistics, I appreciate those and, and uh, the fact that he enacted more legislation, et cetera, et cetera. Also, annual federal funding – of Planned Parenthood went up during Donald Trump's administration. And I realized that they use all sorts of different tricks. You know, they're, they're doing a, you know, cross sex hormone replacement now and, you know, stuff that has nothing to do with planning parenthood at all. Just changing your gender. Can, can I just chime in there real quick? Yeah. Just as you, as you make that point. Okay. I do want to say that's true that unfortunately these are the weak Republicans who kept putting that in the budget. If you look at yep. every single budget that was put forward by Donald Trump, all four years of Trump's budget proposals completely defunded Planned Parenthood down to zero. All right. four years. Mm-hmm. It was the Republicans, the weak Republicans, who put it back in, put it back in right. well, and, and increased the, more. Same thing that Christina Babb has been saying, that the Trump attorney who actually was doing the investigation in the 2020 election and actually wound up saying, hey, look, the biggest problem for Donald Trump in trying to get the overturn overturning the 2020 election wasn't the evil Joe Biden and the Democrats and these legislatures. It was weak Republicans who didn't do anything, who could have done something and chose not to. So, I mean, let's face it, if Donald Trump's biggest enemy is how do you beat Gavin Newsom? First of all, you've got to knock down a couple of rhinos while you're at it and make sure that you are in lockstep. I mean, he, he's not going to win a personality contest. Gavin Newsom's going to win that personality contest because he can be brash, he can be tough, but also he's, you know, the compassionate California guy. He's going to put up the the leftist virtues of abortion and women's rights and transgender affiliation, this, that, and the other thing. And the, what the GOP has to be consistent in is messaging a basically a biblical worldview. And if fewer and fewer people are adhering to a biblical worldview, then guys, I don't have any answers either. I mean, quite frankly, we know what should happen in this election. But the question is, how do you message it? It's all about the the message has become the medium, you know, and, and this is the whole and the medium is the message. So the Democrats message better than Republicans. If Republicans can't figure that out in the next six to 12 months, then it's four more years of Gavin Newsom and whoever they throw out there uh, as his running mate with Attorney General Kamala Harris and newly retired Joe Biden. Right. Well, it, it's got to be not just Donald Trump going after Gavin Newsom. It's got to be the Republican Party itself going after. Everybody's going to have to go after him. And, and they're going to have to basically pull the curtain back and let people see. Beyond. They're going to have to take the smiley mask off of him and let people see the truth of what his his record actually really is. Which, by the way, guys, I'm kind of curious. This is for a future podcast. We're going to have a, a future podcast on this discussion. But I want to throw a little bit of a teaser out right now. Uh, make social issues front and center 
or not? Is the is the right attack on Gavin Newsom? Uh, look at this guy pushing abortion through online months, advertising for people to travel to California to get their abortions, and it's a sanctuary no. state as well, and no. LGBT craziness and transgenderism and drag queens. Is that the direction to no. go, or is it e- economically, economics. look what he's done? Economics. All right. Roger, what do you say? Yeah. I mean, when, when Gavin Newsom was touting during the pandemic – we have a $50 billion surplus budget, budget, budget. Look at what I did. You know, it was the same thing Jerry Brown did when he took office back mm-hmm. in 2008 or so. And all Jerry Brown did was a few accounting tricks and raised uh, state sales taxes and income taxes temporarily. Uh, by the way, we're still feeling the effects of Prop 30. That was supposed to be a three-year deal. It got extended to a 30-year deal because Democrats in California can't read ballots and they voted for it. And there's an overwhelming majority. But now that you see all the free money not coming from the federal government, California, we've been supporting the, you know, the 71% of the GDP of blue states holds up those poor red states, et cetera. Now it's a $30 billion budget deficit. This is where California really is. And it's only going to get worse. You want to give that kind of authority, that kind of power to a guy who mismanages the budget so badly. I mean, he was sixpence none the richer during the pandemic. I mean, there were all sorts of federal handouts going on. Hospitals were basically locking people up with COVID, shoving them into ICUs, putting them on ventilators so they could, you know, j- get all the cash. You had Brandy Weingarten and the teachers unions, you know, shutting down schools because we don't want any of our teachers to get sick, but also all the free handouts they were getting to the federal government. The minute the free handouts of the government left, California is running a massive sur- a budget deficit instead of surplus. This guy does not understand fiscal responsibility. He knows how to pose for pictures. He knows how to, you know, try to play the game. He'll even go on to say, yeah, homelessness. I own that. Why would you want to own that? Because you know your constituents don't really don't care. As long as the homeless aren't showing up in their backyard or front yard, they don't care. And so um, the, the fact that leftists understand this, you know, I mean, we had a recall a couple of years ago. There were some very strong GOP candidates who were going who got this thing passed through over two plus million people, got it on the ballot. And then all the Democrats had to do is go out there and say threat to democracy, threat to democracy. Larry Elder hit his girlfriend or something like that. And next thing you know, it was a landslide that the Democrats voted. The GOP didn't. I mean, you know what, though? They pushed Roger- hard for it and didn't show up. You know what he does? Uh, you say he knows how to smile and pose for pictures. Okay, that's true. But I'll tell you something else about him that's really dangerous. You know, I brought up uh, in a previous podcast the interview that he did with Sean Hannity, and I, I thought that that was very illuminating because to me it exposed how dangerous Gavin Newsom is. He not only has the charm and the smile and whatever, uh, but this guy does have a brain that he's able to yep. access. He's able to access the files of a bunch of talking points and remember them and rattle them off. And yep. Hannity, unfortunately, wasn't prepared for that. But you can take – and I don't care how – if I went to the Great Depression, I promise you guys, I can go through the 1930s Great Depression and I can cherry pick and highlight some specific stats and numbers in certain areas. And I can put lipstick on that pig and make it look like that was a time of economic boom. Uh, he knows how to memorize those things and like data on star trek he can access 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 and throw them out and donald trump is obviously not the person to be able to point by point fact check we know the mainstream media is not going to do that no yelling and making fun of him is not going to work in that particular i know so you have to you have to basically go at him with Right. It has to be factual and bullet point and disassembling and exposing the dishonesty of his bullet points. Even if you just take one, you don't have to do them all. 
Just take one. Say, let me give you an example of how Gavin Newsom engages in dishonesty. This is the talking point that he gave. All right? right. If that's all you heard, that sounds pretty good to you, doesn't it? Okay, let me tell you the rest of the story that he conveniently left out. And then you completely dismantle that talking point to where you expose his dishonesty and then say, now, take what I just now did and multiply it times 50 to the other 49 talking points that he threw out. Every single one of them crumble under the same kind of dishonesty. If they could just do something like that, this guy can be beatable. But I don't know that they can. That's that's the... That's, That's the, the, the real part. challenge here. I know it. It really is. Listen, uh, you know, we're coming up on the end of this podcast, and we always appreciate folks listening to us. We do. We appreciate your five star reviews. We appreciate you supporting our sponsors, mm-hmm. and we want you to do that. Okay, support Preborn, support Dennis Wilson Financial, support Alliance Defending Freedom. I mean, they, John, they do phenomenal work for us. They're fighting for us, even if they we are. don't feel it. That's right. Yeah. And I think, again, at times, I said this in the last hour, but or last half hour, the reality is sometimes we don't, you just said it, we don't see it. We don't feel it. It's not in our own personal backyard, but yet it is. The cases that they're winning, the things that they're doing, the 303 creative ruling, I said this earlier, you know, protects even guys like us that are on air talking, speaking our minds. This podcast, the ability to have free speech, you know, that war on free speech, by the way, is fully alive and well right now. We, we, we've got, you know, the New York Times out there talking about how it is the government's right to get rid of disinformation. No, it is never the right of government to do any such thing. Those right. are the type of things that 303 Creative Ruling handles for those of us on this side. By the, by the way, both sides of the aisle. It's not just our side, it's both sides. This is a win for all of America, by the way, and yet most of us are thinking about it. Oh, it's not in our backyard. I'm not going to worry about it. Give $19 a month to Alliance Defending Freedom. It's really that easy. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Absolutely. And of course, make sure Roger, that your financial house is in order in the first place. So the, because the better financially secure you are in your own home, the more you're able to support organizations like ADF. Yeah. Gavin Newsom winning the White House in 2024 means an automatic increase in your taxes. I mean, right. on the federal level, on the state level. And if you're not prepared for that kind of battle, I mean, let's face it, Ephesians 6 says we put on the full armor of God. Dennis Wilson will fight for you and for your investments because he understands it's not your money. It's not the government's money. It's God's money. First and foremost, it is a stewardship issue. And when you see the government saying we're going to shut down certain things and we're going to give special favors to 401ks and IRAs that wind up costing you money in fees and higher taxes in retirement, even though they told you it was going to be the other way around, you need somebody like Dennis in your corner to fight back, to be able to say, I'm going to have that kind of retirement. I'm going to steward this money. I'm going to leave a, a legacy for the next generation. And what does the proverb say about a good man leaving an inheritance for his children's children? You want to be in a position to do that. And Dennis Wilson will help you get there in ways that are tax-free or tax-reduced. And also, you'll never lose money. 800-696-9970 or click on the banner for Wilson Financial at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Absolutely, absolutely. And we do want you to be supporting uh, our sponsors to this podcast. We very much appreciate you folks doing that. Uh, ADF, absolutely. Wilson Financial, absolutely. Preborn, absolutely. Uh, many of you that listen to us have given a preborn already, and we thank you for that. We really do. I know there's a lot of you listening to us right now that maybe you haven't given yet. Well, I'll ask you right now to do that. Remember, this is Stopping Abortions. 
This is saving babies' lives in real life, okay? Preborn is a pro-life group that partners with pro-life centers across the country. They're the ones who show the ultrasound images of these unborn babies to the moms. Those moms choose life almost all the time when they see that first picture of their baby. They usually end up accepting the Lord, too. So this is a great way to spend your money, folks. It really is. But it does take money to pay for these ultrasound images. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. So we're asking everybody right now to take $28 times fill in the blank. Some kind of number. Whatever number God lays on your heart, okay? Is it 10 babies? That's $280 then. Is it 20 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies? I don't know what you can afford. But I know it's a one-time gift. It's a tax write-off for you. And you know that 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead with preborn. So go ahead and give right now. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on preborn. Give right there. Or you can call 833-850-BABY. And they answer the phones 24-7. So call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We do appreciate you folks listening to NCR. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we welcome your five-star reviews. Thank you for those. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. Certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you go to social media. And Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We look forward to having Neil Boron of Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, back with us next week. Guys, always great catching up with you. Next week, we're going to talk about the non-Trump Republican candidates and kind of analyze them, uh, the pros and the cons and everything else. Looking forward to it next week. Thanks, guys. Should be fun. Thanks, Bob. Be a lot of fun. You bet. We'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. From your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.